Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very spooky edition of the Escalator to Nowhere, a Simpsons podcast with Robert and Caitlin. I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. And I am a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I'm learning. And this is Caitlin's very first... Well, actually, I'm I'm holding back on that. This is Caitlin for this podcast. This is Caitlin's very first Treehouse of Horror. Indeed it is. Although I would say really... It's my first treehouse of horror. Is it really? Well, we we mentioned before that we had a treehouse of horror viewing party in uh-huh. which we viewed many of the treehouse of horrors. Yeah, we we've had a couple of Simpsons nights here. Well, at, at our houses. And yeah, but that was there were so many people. It was very distracting when we did that. But, uh, so I, see. I didn't really pay attention. Uh huh. Um, because I was too busy doing other stuff. Well, uh, welcome then to the cult of Treehouse of Horror, and this is Treehouse of Horror number, number one. one. Yes, yes. So, thank you for the welcome. I, <laughs> I love a good cult. And I'll give you I'm, a better I'm happy welcome. Happy to be a member. Oh well, <laughs> well we are in the Peloton cult. We are. <laughs> uh, we were in the CrossFit cult for a while. We were in the CrossFit cult for a while. Uh, what other cults are we part of? I'm the not Simpsons sure. cult. <laughs> oh well, yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> you know what cult we're not a part of? What's that? Heaven's Gate. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I saw an Correct. ad for that 2020 thing this morning, so that's why that was fresh in my brain. Why don't we watch the uh, the series on about the cult? Uh, wild, wild, something. oh, wild, wild country. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. also watched a Heaven's Gate documentary. If we you remember, did. yes, I do. I love a cult. I do. <laughs> uh huh. I like it. Oh, we watched um, Nexium. The next yes, one. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yes, we did watch yep. that. Oh, with the crazy music. <laughs> That's right. Ah! Y'all have, have have y'all watched? Do you remember the name of that? Doc? Oh, let me look it up. Uh, there is a a documentary on the cult of Nexium, uh-huh. which was like a sex cult for this dude who was not very attractive. Uh, Keith Raniere. The Vow. The Vow. Yes, it's on HBO. Y'all, I am not shitting you. When I was like the opening music, when I say to you, the opening music goes like this. <laughs> Invisible skin. It's a wild ride. Me. Yeah, that's pretty much. That's that's what it is. Yep, <laughs> yep it is. It's it's also a crazy documentary, but apparently not. Uh, it's a very biased documentary. But anyway, uh-huh. we digress. Uh, hang on, I don't want to leave from it just yet. Okay. Uh, I was fully ready for you to come in with a fact for our audience about why that music was so nuts for that documentary. Oh, I don't have a fact for that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just thought you probably knew more about it than me. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I just, <laughs> I just know that the man, the man that produced the documentary, I think I'm getting this right, uh, was also a member of the cult. Therefore, it is very skewed into putting him in a positive light when mm-hmm. maybe that shouldn't be the case. Oh, uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of that stuff was There's from... another one I haven't seen that was on Stars that was apparently very, a lot better than the oh. one on the HBO. Oh, yeah. You said that when we were watching that. Yep. Okay. Because they came out around the same time. How about that Joe Exotic documentary? <laughs> yeah, right? Have you heard about this crazy tiger guy? Oh, man. The beginning of the pandemic. I know. I remember those days. Yeah. I, I remember people being like, this shit is fucking nuts. Talking about... Um, tiger King. Tiger King, yes. Yeah. And and everyone just like losing their minds over it. And I, I have a quick I'm confession. pretty sure we literally watched it in a day. Yeah. So yeah. like, I, I, Caitlin knows this about me. And it really is true. Like, if everybody says something is good, I am naturally inclined to say, I don't like it. And it just is, it's a... Uh, I don't know. It's a character flaw. Maybe it's an evolutionary I'm trait. I'm the same way, though. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's why we get along. <laughs> I don't. I've, I've never, I've never listened to one second of like the Hamilton soundtrack. Uh, I've listened to the music, but not like necessarily by choice. Haven't. Yeah, I'm sure that I will see Hamilton, and I'm sure when I see it, I will like it. But I just am. Not, I don't care. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry, guys. I, I think a good example of that is like. We're not Disney people. No, we're not Disney Everybody people. seems to love Disney, but I just do not have it in me. Anyway, my point is is that... I was um, going to say Game of Thrones. That's something else I just haven't. You know, I like Game of Thrones. We watched <laughs> we watched the first couple seasons, uh-huh. and I was like, okay. It's a lot of names to remember. Oh, man. And it's I'm hard. the worst at it. It's oh, hard. Yeah. 
I, you know, uh, uh, when Joe, our friend Joe, was reading the Game of Thrones books, they of have... Of course he's read the Game of yeah. Thrones books. God uh, damn it. They have, they have in the back of the book an index of names so that you can remember who the fuck they're talking about. I have, I have several books that have have similar situations. Um, but oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I think uh, Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett, that's one of them that's like... Very intense. And then I have some other uh, Edmund Rutherford. I think that's an author's name. His books are very multi-generational, so they have like huge family trees. <laughs> and so oh. you know how everybody's related to everybody else. It's it's a lot. About the closest I ever got to that was having to do a chart of all the relationships in William Congreve's Way of the World, which is an 18th century play. <laughs> so that's all, that's all I've really got going that for that. That sounds boring as hell. Uh, no, the play's funny. Oh, okay. But anyways, that's not important. What is important <laughs> is Marge loves Homer and Homer oh, loves Marge. Yes, exactly. And I love you. <laughs> so let's talk about Treehouse of Horror. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, you got some specs for us. I do. Um, this is season two, episode three, Treehouse of Horror, production code 7F04. Mm. Sorry, I had to take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> my my tongue was feeling fuzzy because I've been drinking beer. Uh, it originally, oh yeah, we, we back on the bullshit. We, y'all. We're back on our bullshit, everybody. <laughs> Buckle up, Buttercups is about to be wild, <laughs> oh, right? And it's a Trials of Horror episode. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, so it originally aired October twenty fifth, nineteen ninety. Written by John Schwartzwelder, Jay Kogan, Wallace Wolodarski, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Sam Simon. Uh-huh. Directed by Wes Archer, Rich Moore, and David Silverman. Wow. I wonder. Surely not. Surely that was in public domain by the time they produced this. Uh, I I would assume so, yes. Yeah, because I think the laws of public domain are 50 years, and then the family can pick it up for another 50 years. I thought it was years. 75, but Is it? I could be wrong. I might be wrong, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, uh, Edgar Allan Poe dies in 1849. Okay. So, um, yes, by this point, that is more than fifty or seventy-five years. You know, we'll just uh, we'll just look into it and uh, bump into that on another episode. <laughs> oops. <laughs> by which we I mean, up. oops, we found something new. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, Any yeah, other that's all I got. Okay, cool. So I've got the uh, synopsis right here in front of me. This is from the Simpsons Wiki, which is at simpsons.fandom.com. If you want to check it out, you can go to our show notes because it's right going to... Right gonna... We're going to link it for you. Thank you. It's going to be right there. <laughs> uh, the synopsis is the first of the annual Halloween spook fest in quote-unquote bad dream house. The family moves into an old haunted house and are possessed to kill each other by a mysterious voice. In quote-unquote hungry are the damned, the family is abducted abducted by Kang and Kodos, dun-dun-dun-dun, who make their, oh, I'm sorry, I, I ruined it, who make their first appearance, dun-dun-dun-dun, mm. and fattened up to the extent that Lisa questions their motive and does so incorrectly. Her nosiness result, results in the Simpsons being dropped off at home again. In quote-unquote the Raven, a poem by Edgar Allan Poe is recited with Homer and Bart as characters. Man, that was really really middle heavy wasn't it yeah <laughs> i mean we got a sentence on the front end for oh, bad dream house okay. we got a sentence on the end for the raven i'm gonna and... be straight with you robert i was not listening uh-huh. <laughs> sorry uh what were you thinking about i was just you know sitting here thinking about stuff she was thinking about earlier when i was farting out the um uh, what? The theme to The Simpsons on my hand. Oh, I, I missed that too. How did, what? <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. I, I, did, I was. When did you do it? Well, I've been whistling it for the past 30 minutes, oh. so I started farting it on my hand. Oh, I didn't hear you. Naturally. Sorry. It goes like this. Anybody want to hear it? The audience just shouted yes. Okay. So I, I have no idea how this is going to sound. Oh, boy. You ready? Yeah. Hey, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> oh, guys, welcome to my life. <laughs> uh, I can play some Handel for you if you prefer. I know you can. You can play a little drummer. I wasn't boy. talking to you. I was talking to the audience. Oh, 
so sorry. <laughs> Caitlin's favorite is a little drummer boy. I do like the little drummer boy on the fart hand. It's very funny. <laughs> Excuse me. We've talked about this. Oh. It's called the manual embrasure. <laughs> okay. God. Uh, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing you this You just thing. finished the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, Oh, I'm just I'm just looking down at my notes. So, uh, actually talking about the episode uh, before there is an intro in this episode. There mm-hmm. is an intro intro. Like there's a pre-show, mm-hmm. which is Marge coming out, mm-hmm. and I have something to say about it. Okay. So when I what what year was this? It was 90, 1990. 1990. Yeah. So 1990, I was six, mm-hmm. and. Uh, when I was a little kid, maybe this is a precursor to my life now, because whenever I watch movies, like like watching movies with Caitlin, uh, <laughs> uh, Caitlin calls twists, right? She calls plot oh. changes. And I'm just over here accepting whatever somebody gives me. I just want to say it out loud so everybody knows I was right at the beginning. About what? Like when I when I'm like, this is oh, gonna be the oh, twist. Oh, 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 I see. I say it out loud. I I can't keep it to myself because I want everybody to know. <laughs> okay. Because when I say I knew that was gonna happen, that doesn't oh. have the same gravitas oh. as when it happens oh, in, right, in right, my right, brain. Right. I'm like, I was right. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, anyways, what I'm getting at is that uh, when when I was little and I'm watching The Simpsons, a show that makes me laugh. I remember Marge walking out onto the stage and she says, this is going to be very scary. Mm -hmm. And so I just immediately accept that what I'm about to watch is going to be very scary. Okay. And because of that, I remember being very little watching this and being scared all the way through. (laughs) Uh, now, there are a couple of jokes in here that I remember getting to, yeah. and we can talk about those as we come to them, but uh, with that little pre-show there, uh, I, as an adult, I watch this, and I, I'm watching Marge sort of like meta, in a meta way, uh, I don't know, subdue or pacify the censors. <laughs> About what's yeah, going to happen well, here, and, and I think I think too. And the wiki says that they, the producers, added that bit because this is such a different tone as to the rest of the series, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. Sure. I think this is coming on on Thursday nights at this point at okay. eight thirty, so not out of the realm of possibility for little kids to be watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of took it as like a um, disclaimer. Yeah. So in case, see, you know, me as a six-year-old, I would have been scared shitless. <laughs> and I would have uh-huh. slept for like a couple weeks. Right, right. So <laughs> I think this is the producer saving parents from having scared little kids mm-hmm. running around their house. Oh, Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I was five when this came out, by the way. No. That's, no. He robbed the cradle. <laughs> I had just turned five. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. Uh, anyway, my uh, I just wanted to say that uh, I remember watching this and listening to her say, this is going to be scary. And mm-hmm. therefore, I thought all of this, when I saw it originally, was actually you, really scary. You took that as her, not as a warning, but as a, I am telling you now that this is scary. You must be scared. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I took it. Let me just. I'll say it this way. I put it. I took it in the same way that I did the Tales from the Crypt intro. Okay. So, have you ever seen Tales from the Crypt? No, I haven't seen Tales from the Crypt. Oh, really? We should watch them. Anyway, so Tales from the Crypt. Let me just say is from the Crypt, not Tales of the Crypt. Yeah, Tales from the Crypt. Oops, I fucked up. Yeah, uh, Tales from the Crypt is um, is supposed to be campy, mm-hmm. right? It's supposed to be cheese. Uh, but if you're a little kid watching this half rotten corpse pop out of a <laughs> pop out of the cor- right. uh, casket at the end of the intro, after you go into this scary house that looks an awful lot like the house at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. um, then uh, you don't really catch that. So anyway. That's all I have to say about the intro with Marge is that I bought it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. You're you're susceptible 
Power of suggestion. I am susceptible. Okay. To the power of suggestion. Okay. Okay. I suggest we get on with this episode. I agree. We should get on with this episode. Okay. So the first segment is called Bad Dream House. Yes. <laughs> Please talk. Oh, okay. You all. <laughs> I was going to let you talk. No. Well, <laughs> the Simpsons are moving into this very spooky. Oh, no. Before we get into Bad Dream House. Sorry. Oh, she rolled her eyes out. Oh, they're me. telling stories in the treehouse. So, um, uh, one thing that I did want to point out is that uh, there is an intro after the Marge intro. Yes. And it is the wah, 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 wah. Yeah. And the spooky sound. The Halloween special. And there's the uh, all the tombstones. Yes. So, there's lots of things that are dead. Uh-huh. Uh, so, for example, disco. Disco was dead. Yes, that's one of the, that's mm-hmm. the one I was going to point out. So then we cut in, and yes, they are telling stories in the treehouse, mm-hmm. and Homer uh, is going to go up and check on the kids. What is he doing up there? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Homer's downstairs, and I think Homer's that- like, "Yeah, it's Halloween. What's up, everybody?" And then he like climbs up to the treehouse, but he doesn't go into the treehouse. He's yeah, just sitting outside. Yeah. I think he's going up to see what the kids are up to. Yeah. And they're up there telling spooky stories. Mm-hmm. Lisa is finishing a uh, story that she was telling. And Bart, yeah, Bart's and like, that's she gives, not scary. She gives the old line, which is basically, the call is coming from inside mm-hmm. the house. Yeah, Bart does not. He's like, fuck that. Thank you, Scream. Bart is the opposite <laughs> of Robert as a child. <laughs> He's like, that's not scary at all. No, I've been like, <laughs> yeah. Um, something that is noted on the wiki as well is that this is the first tree, or this is the only treehouse of horror until 2021 to actually show the treehouse or to be to, to take take place in the treehouse to take place oh, in the treehouse. Yeah, pretty nice. I did not understand why it was called treehouse of horror until tonight oh fair enough which makes sense you know what i think that just clicked from my head too <laughs> i just assumed that was the name they gave it right and that's well <laughs> that's it. yeah so like his little tree house is decorated he's got like a skeleton on the wall yeah. i think there's a jack-o'-lantern up there and y- also yes, there is. also they mentioned that it is halloween so i don't yeah. understand why they're not trick-or-treating uh they're probably too cool for it okay especially maggie yeah <laughs> Well, that was another question I had, but it's answered later. I was like, how the heck did Maggie get up into the treehouse? Oh, well, <laughs> yes. The answer is she hung on to Bart's shoulders and, yes, and yes, he yes. climbed up with her. So um, they're up there. They're telling stories. And so uh, Bart takes the flashlight and begins mm-hmm. to tell the story of Bad Dream mm-hmm. House, which is something I was trying to remember, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, the name of this segment. I think you were too. Um, I don't remember which episode I was trying, it was. I, like all I could think of was Heck House, which by the way is the name of my haunted house every time when I play Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so it's not Heck House. It's Bad Dream House. <laughs> and um, I, uh, we, we come into the scene where the Simpsons have purchased this house and they're giving the old lines. And the lines are all very... It was so cheap. Yeah. It's oh, 80, so, yeah. What is it, 87 bedrooms, 84 bedrooms. Oh, I missed that part. Something like that. Prime location. Mm-hmm. But the, the line, as you, as you point out, mm-hmm. the really important line is it was within our budget. Yeah. So cheap. And uh, I, po- I, I pointed out now, I will acknowledge fully that this is like a six-minute segment total. The whole story is like six minutes long. Mm-hmm. But unlike other spooky stories, it's not like, oh, and it was our perfect home and we were enjoying it so much. Nope. Nope. Shit starts going wrong right away. <laughs> right away. Um, and it, it, this draws from a lot of various horror movies um, mm-hmm. throughout cinematic history. To include Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, definitely Amityville. Yeah, hold on. There's there's other... Amityville in the form of the, in form of the voice. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Shining. The Exorcist. Shining, uh, yes, okay. Poltergeist. Ex- Exorcist, yeah, definitely. Yeah, The Fall of the House of Usher at the very oh. end of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's... That's so, nice. like, the walls are bleeding. Uh-huh. The house starts talking to them. Yep. Um, 
there's a vortex in the kitchen. <laughs> sure. <yes. laughs> Quit throwing That's... your garbage into our dimension. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, um, uh, the the synopsis actually gave the, you know, the storyline right. of it, even in just the one line. The family moves into an old haunted house and are possessed to kill each other by the mysterious voice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much what happens. Although I will say that a huge part of the story is that Marge gets fed up with the yeah, voice. Yeah, Marge is pissed. Yes. So. She, yeah, so like they're all like... <laughs> like so they move in mm-hmm. the house starts talking yep. it's clearly cursed yes and marge is like let's get the fuck out of yeah. here and homer's like no she's like it's not worth saving a couple dollars and he's like it's thousands of dollars and then you're like as the ghost slammed up to lifts the ceiling. him up to the ceiling and then drops him on the floor <laughs> yep yeah so um but convinces her to sleep on it right yeah so they go to sleep and then the house is like talking to the individual members right yeah, yeah uh, so it's like telling them each to kill each kill everybody else yeah kill everybody uh did you notice that lisa pulls a butcher knife out of her drawer yeah. next to and the it's huge uh, when, <laughs> so when at I, first i was like bar would you like some brownies yes. and then i was like no that's not this episode when i was a little when i was little i went as Hall- on halloween one uh one halloween as i think i went as jason Voorhees. Okay. And I had a butcher knife, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just a big plastic thing that we got from some store, probably Walmart. Mm-hmm. And I think that that giant, hilarious butcher knife was pretty much the knife that she pulled out of that drawer. Pretty much. It was very large. But then Homer gets an axe. Mm-hmm. Bart gets a knife. Yep. Right? And then Marge has a knife in the kitchen. Yes. Uh, she has what looks like a serrated it's uh, like slicing a knife. knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then like they're all like zombie like like walking towards one another mm-hmm. and then you see Marge making a sandwich and yeah. it's like oh she's just hungry yeah. <laughs> she's That's not right. trying to kill everybody right. the shining influence by the way is Homer the walking axe. in with the axe yeah, yeah. And so uh, Homer, Maggie, Bart, and Lisa yeah, end up Maggie in a circle. Maggie has like a tiny little paring knife. Yes, right. It's very cute. Um, and they all end up like facing each other, ready mm-hmm. to kill. And Marge comes in with her sandwich <laughs> and is like, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop yeah. it. Yeah, and then she goes, we squabbled, but we've never squabbled enough to have a knife fight. <laughs> Like okay, Marge. That's, that's right. Fair. Yeah. And so, anyway, she uh, she shocks the Simpsons family members out of their uh, what a hallucinogenic uh, hypnosis state. There yeah. it is. And um, Homer goes and opens up the basement, and there is an Indian burial ground mm-hmm. in the basement, which I will point out is perhaps the first of the often early season rather insensitive mm-hmm. uh simpsons uh treatment of well it's a trope right native so, americans yeah. it is it is a trope i'm willing i uh, yes uh I'm, I'm with you there i'm willing to acknowledge that but uh they will be uh pretty unkind did you and, uh did you notice that gandhi was a tombstone I, yeah yeah i did yeah Whoops! I did. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe let's let's think on that. We can, we can do better than that, Simpsons. Uh, yeah. However, um, that being said, uh, that is that is what's happening in the story. So it's over an Indian burial ground, um, and so Homer uh, he does call the realtor and to complain about what's going on in mm-hmm. the house. <laughs> he says he's shouting at the realtor and says, "You did you forgot to tell me it was on an Indian burial ground and you." <laughs> They do a really good job with this. Yeah. Normal response. It's very funny. To whatever happens on the other end, he goes, oh, well, I, well, that wasn't my recollection. <laughs> and then he. So <laughs> essentially, yes, the realtor did tell Homer all the information that he needed to know uh-huh. in his disclosure packet. As a matter of fact, even, <laughs> even the, um, even, even the mover. Sorry, we bought a house a year ago, and I. I that's it's, right. It's fresh. Even, <laughs> even the, uh, uh, even the mover, the moving man that Homer uh, tips a whole dollar, a whole dollar at yep. the beginning, walks out saying, "I'm glad there's a curse on this place." <laughs> so everyone seems to know that there's a curse on this place. Yeah. Um, I will say I've I've told you this when. Uh, we are in our second house, mm-hmm. uh, but when we moved, when I moved into my first house, I told my realtor, who happened to be the realtor for this house, um, explicitly 
nothing haunted. Mm -hmm. And I said it kind of as a joke, but... She took you seriously. She did. She. Yeah. I, I watched her. She goes, okay. And I watched her write it down. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I, well. could, I could see that. That could potentially be an issue here where we live. Mm -hmm. But like if you were buying a house in New Orleans, like... I'm pretty sure they have the signs like the you know, like where it like says sold, but it says not haunted. <laughs> yeah. That could just be a, a TV pop culture thing. I, but I, I have like seen the meme, do. right? Yeah. Where like there's a sign that says not haunted out front. And I mean the the gist of the meme is, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> not gonna get me well, with that one. <laughs> the the house we're in now was built in two thousand five. And I, I, we don't know the first owners, but we know the second owner. That's and we're <laughs> like I don't think there's any ghosts here. Ooh, oh, Knock on wood. That is Caitlin knocking on the wood. Yep. That's right. <laughs> um, so at any rate. Except Stinky. Stinky is our only ghost. That's right. Our dear departed oh, cat. My, my, my dear departed cat of 15 years. God rest her sweet. Well. God rest grumpy her soul. soul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after Marge yells at the house, right, it, it seems that the Simpsons really take control of the situation. Mm -hmm. And, and Bart's uh, like trying to tell the house what to do. Yeah, he's like bleed from the walls again. That was cool. Yeah, we own you. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the house is giving, and this is the Amityville, not only the voice, but specifically the good out. Mm -hmm. Oops, excuse me. And <laughs> I burp. burp. <laughs> and um, anyway, so. It comes down to the situation where Marge says to the house, you're just going to have to learn to live with us. Mm -hmm. And the house says, can I have a moment to think? And she says, sure, being polite. Mm -hmm. And they exit the house, and then you can hear the house saying to itself, hmm, life with the Simpsons. What choice do I have? And then the house destroys. So yes, it absolutely implodes in a in a in a color in a uh, a rainbow of color, uh, shining lights and all. Poof! There it goes. Yep. And Lisa provides some good introspection here, as she often does. Uh, you can't help but feel a little rejected. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true, Lisa. And that is the conclusion of yep. Bad Dream House. Cut to commercial. There it is. Act two. Thank you, modern age. We don't have to watch a commercial because we pay for this. And yeah. <laughs> so we come to the second story, which is Hungry Are the Damned. Yes. A big, big intro is made in this. Yeah, I understand a lot more now than I did mm -hmm. uh, previously. Uh, first of all, there are a couple of really good jokes that happened yes. beforehand. Uh, both of these jokes, by the way, are jokes that I laughed at when I was scared witless as a child. <laughs> the first is we open up to Homer, who is starting a charcoal grill, yeah. and he is definitely putting too much fluid on those yeah. coals. Well, yeah. He turns on the the fly buzz, you know what I mean, the bug light. Yeah, the, the bug zapper. Yeah. I don't... He did that. Uh -huh. And then he's like squirting this... Light, lighter fluid on the grill. Real men don't use lighter fluid, Homer, but here we are. Oh, thank you, dear. You're welcome. <laughs> Real men use a charcoal, charcoal chimney, chimney, baby. Yeah, so he's squirting this. <laughs> he's, like, he's just pouring like an entire bottle on. And then he throws the match on, and... We get the super wide pan shot. There is a mushroom cloud. <laughs> yes, we see all of Springfield in a huge mushroom yep. cloud. And Bart's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and Lisa's laying on the grass, looking up at the sky and in a very, um, oh, oh, Independence Day kind mm -hmm. of fashion, the ground starts to turn yep. shadowed and we see the edge of the spaceship coming mm -hmm. over. Well, and uh, Bart's talking to her, but you're seeing it from her perspective yeah. and the, the, uh, UFO comes from like over his head and mm -hmm. you see it. I'm I'm making hand motions, but I, did you ever see the movie Fire in the Sky? No. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. It's an alien abduction movie from like 1995. Uh, I saw it, and I don't remember anything of it except being absolutely shit nuts terrified <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, that's not something that would have done well for and, me as a kid. So let me tell you something, y'all. I grew up in South Atlanta, very close to the Atlanta airport. There's lots of lights. There's lots of noise. Lots there's of lots sounds, of stuff yeah. going on in the air around there because of the airport. 
And uh, it's really just not great to be scared of aliens when there's lights and noises coming through your window all the time. And I was absolutely terrified of aliens. And uh, this is another one of the things we talked about this a lot that I thought as a kid I would have to deal with um, as, a, as an adult people who claim to be abducted by aliens. Really? Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> but um, anyway, in this case, there are aliens. Yeah, there are. And so we see the alien spaceship, the saucer, the flying saucer. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Uh, flying above the house, and all the Simpsons come out in awe, uh, looking up at the spaceship. Homer then walks up, eating his burger, saying, hey, it's going to get cold. Oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so the individual Simpsons, I think it's Maggie first, then Lisa. No, it's Lisa. Uh, Lisa it's first. Lisa, Bart, Maggie, Marge, Homer's and, last. And then so uh, th those four get pulled up by the, uh, the tractor, tractor beam. beam. <laughs> and then the tractor dream tries to pull up Homer. This is a joke that I laughed at when yes. I was scared as a kid. It's very funny. Uh, Homer tries, or he gets pulled up by the beam a short way, but it's obviously struggling. It's struggling for sure. <laughs> and the spaceship can't pull away, even with him in the beam. And so it has to bring in the support beam mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> to bring him into the ship. And once they're in the ship, we get a very special introduction. To Kang and Kodos. Hi, Kang and Kodos. Remember when you put together the puzzle? Yeah, they're in the puzzle. Uh huh. They're, those are they're two points at which it's they're very large areas of the puzzle, so it helps you put it together quickly. Uh huh. And Caitlin was like, "I don't know who these are," and yep. I was like, "You don't know who Kang and Kodos are?" I did not know who they were. So we meet Kang and Kodos, and really, they treat the Simpsons like royalty, right? Yeah. They immediately shell out a banquet. Um, oh, lots of food. Mm -hmm. uh, although I will point out that Homer says, look at that spread before they show any of the actual food. It's all under yeah, domes. And I don't remember what any of them were eating. It was like food specifically tailored towards them, except I, for Marge. Uh-huh. Marge had. Radish roses. Uh-huh. Or rosettes. Rosettes, yeah. Uh, Homer had, what did he have? Oh, he had smothered pork chops. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> pork chops. And I, I, don't I don't remember, remember what Bart had, but Lisa had fried shrimp. That's not good for a vegetarian, Lisa. Well, she hasn't had that conviction. Which we yet. literally watched last night. We did, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. We did watch Lisa the That vegetarian. was also a lighter fluid incident with Homer. Yes, I was. But, yeah, that, but yeah. last night in Lisa the Vegetarian, it's on a gas grill, Homer. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up. Oops. <laughs> Gas. Oops, he fucked up. Gas on gas, baby. Yep. Yeah. Taste the meat, not the heat. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, so uh, they are... E oh, that's right. I wrote this down. Homer, of course, is eating pork chops because... He, he asked for applesauce. Yes. <laughs> pork chops and applesauce. I knew it. Yep. <laughs> I know. I guess... I looked at you when he said that, too. I, I know. That's why I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, I I, I don't know. Maybe this is something we need to do. We should make... watch the uh, that episode. I don't know where the Brady Bunch is streaming. Probably some random streaming platform. We uh, it's have. probably on Paramount, so you got to pay <laughs> more money. <laughs> probably. Watch it. It's on Discovery Plus. <laughs> oh, God, no. Discovery, stop trying. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, either way, uh, I think we um, we need to try that. Speaking of trying things, uh, Lisa is starting to get... Suspicious because mm -hmm. they keep feeding them. Yeah, they tell them literally to grow fat with food, mm -hmm. uh, and then they start weighing them. Yep, they're very impressed with Homer yeah. and his two hundred and thirty-nine pounds. Yeah, and then uh, Bart steps on the scale, and they're impressed with him. Uh -huh. And I think that's when Lisa sneaks off, and she ends up finding the kitchen. That's right. And uh, she steals the cookbook because mm -hmm. it says, "Well, I." I don't remember. How to cook oh. humans. Yeah, how to cook humans. Uh-huh. Uh, she spies in on the cook, whose name... Sirak. Sirak, thank you. Sirak the Preparer. We yes. will eventually find out. Uh, anyways, he says, while he has his back turned to her, she, he doesn't know, uh, this will give the humans the perfect flavor. Uh, and so she obviously... Oh. Somebody is joyriding. Oh, yes. There's a... An extra economy? <laughs> Wow, very good. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, 
Uh, I mean, Lisa's, thank you. I just said you're welcome. <laughs> Sorry. Lisa is, uh, steals the book and she takes it back in and exposes the aliens for, or supposedly exposes the aliens for trying to eat them. They blow the dust off of the book a little farther and it says, not how to cook humans, but how to cook for, for humans. humans. And we get into sort of... It's like a back and forth. Marathon joke, right? So they blow more dust off and it says how to cook for 40 humans. Yes. And then how to cook for For 40 40 humans. humans. Guys, this was an aha moment for me (laughs) because when we had the Treehouse of Horror Mm -hmm. party, Mm -hmm. one of our friends made a how to cook for 40 humans cookbook mm-hmm. but she made little flaps on it so it looked yeah. like <laughs> so had, that's right it was very clever uh-huh yeah she also showed up if you remember with little tombstones and all she of the, did yeah. They, yeah she had little like brownies that she had cut into tombstones uh-huh. gold star that's right yeah uh that's our friend caitlin from the bailey's wonderful life yeah. we've mentioned their instagram before so we go did. check it out and uh, at any rate, the monsters are just horrified that the Simpsons think they're going to eat them, especially uh, the preparer. Sarek. Sarek. Golly. Sarek, the preparer, is bawling. And uh, they even chastise the uh, Simpsons a little bit. I, so real quick, let's go back to the... Uh, the blowing of the dust off the uh-huh. book. So as we all know, these aliens have like kind of a bell jar cloche situation over Uh their heads uh and when (laughs) when lisa brings out the book one of them's like opens a door in his little helmet and i'm like surely that you have that to protect you why are you opening your door in your little helmet uh if i am remembering correctly they will use that trope a couple of times Uh, when kang and kodas are around this is a non-canon episode by the way so we'll just (laughs) we'll just go with that non-canon in the sense that any of the treehouse of horror stories are non-canon right but it is canon in terms of the structure of the treehouse of horror Right. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, non-canon, but uh, so yes, he opens the door, uh, <laughs> blows the dust off, and oh, sorry. And okay, then, that person is still driving around. Rolling around here. Yeah. I don't know if it's to economy. It is Gas is like four fifty a gallon. What are you doing? Um, and they drop the Simpsons off back at their house. <laughs> Saying, we were going to give you paradise, you'd experience emotions a hundred times what you call love, and a thousand times what you call fun. Yeah, yet again, the Simpsons are rejected by an otherworldly... That's right. The paranormal wants nothing to do with them. They're like, fuck you, we're returning you, no thanks. And then they fly off, and Lisa, in a bit of introspective, again, says... Surely there were monsters on that ship, and it was us. Yep. Yep, very good, very good. I like the parallels between the two. Uh-huh. So far. So far. So far. Because then we cut to Act 3. Act 3, which is a telling of... The Raven. By Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. Po. Yeah. Um, How much do you know about Poe? I know some. Okay. I, I I know a fair amount when I, I was. Had a, I did a report on him in ninth grade. He's a very interesting character. I did a report on him in I think eighth grade. What? Twins. I have a story to tell you about okay. that. <laughs> for now or so, for later? So here's something that might surprise you. Okay. Uh, my father, at least when I was younger, had this entire poem memorized. Okay. The Raven. I believe that. And so because uh, father, you know, really liked the Raven, Mm -hmm. uh, when I was little, my mama bought me a book of the poems of Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. And I still remember the cover of it. It's very psychedelic. Uh, Perhaps I have it somewhere in the house here. Um, And uh, we can put it on the Instagram if I find it. But uh, I'm sure you can find it on Google. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're right. Anyway, that being said... Um, I was really, I really love the Raven. I really love fall, the house of usher. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, I think it was eighth grade, it was definitely eighth grade when this happened was talking a lot about Edgar Allan Poe did a report on him in a history class. 
And I remember the teacher. I remember her whole name, too. I won't say it. But anyway, uh, the class was talking about the brilliance of Poe. And she says, well, you know, I guess some people think he's really brilliant. And other people think he's the devil incarnate. So we'll just leave it at that. Whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe not the greatest guy ever, but... <laughs> I mean... Yikes. But, like, in terms of the 19th century, let's be real, like... Even though his stuff is dark, yeah, it's dark. Like, in terms of the 19th century, it's pretty it's tame. pretty tame, yeah, exactly. Uh, if was you, it that? No, it was definitely ah, not that. No, okay. I'll, uh, I'll find it for you okay. and show it to you. But um, anyway, like, as an adult, I look back on that moment, and I'm like, first of all, that's not an appropriate thing to say to children. Now, I will say that I was at a Christian school in eighth grade, and so there were a lot of fundamentalists, especially in the, in the, in the faculty uh, at that time, uh, not everybody for sure. Well, you're in the but, deep south too, so it's um, like. But also, as someone who is a history teacher, you would think that they oh, have a better grip. This was history class, yeah. Not, okay, no, it, not uh, English. It, it, maybe I did it in, in in the English class, or but anyways. I remember eighth grade because it was that teacher. And she's that's the only time I had her, uh, her saying that, mm. and I just like. As an adult, especially somebody who works in history, like I understand that the 19th century is dark and just, uh, I don't know, chaste in a way that other centuries typically aren't. We have, we have a saying in our friend group. Yes, we do. And it's, that'll be quite enough 19th century. Yeah. Because the 19th century is morbid and the victorians fucked up everything let's like sure let's did. be real let's look y'all if you ever like really studied the 18th century 18th century people were They're fun body yeah they were body they drank they drank they, a lot they smoked they partied yeah, we hard can thank, we can thank victoria for that um well really we can thank albert for that for dying but <laughs> you know she could have been fun <laughs> she could have been a cool girl but she decided but not to be homegirl goes on fort knox lockdown yeah uh, <laughs> Um, but like, it's, it's just crazy to me to think that somebody can read the works of Edgar Allan Poe, uh, especially like the really well-known ones and just be like, oh, that's the works of the devil. Like the Raven nah. is, a, is a poem of torment. Yeah. And, and, and like, well, like, as are most of Poe's works. Sure. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. I mean, he was a tormented person. Let's put that out there yeah and, and, and definitely not the last time that the simpsons will draw on his works right. for sure the beating of the hideous high oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh i just i i, I really uh i felt really disappointed even as an eighth grader mm -hmm. to hear uh, a teacher say to say that and especially when i was encouraged by my family to right to read those and maybe it's why maybe it's why I like poetry as much as I do, uh, and why my family thinks I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I remember um, I think it was third grade we had to memorize a poem, mm -hmm. and somebody in my class memorized the Raven, and I think it's just a very appealing like cadence at which you're forced to read this thing. Yeah, and therefore you know like it's it it was something that stuck with me as well. Um, and that was third grade. And then I go into ninth grade and we had to do reports on specific authors. And I was assigned Edgar Allan Poe. Uh -huh. And boy, was he messed up. His life was messed up. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily of his own doing always, but kind of. So, yeah. you know, he... he I guess I can see why your teacher would say that, but I, I, she very clearly did not understand fully what was going on. I she did not understand the context in which Edgar Allan Poe operated. Right. Yeah. That's, and therefore, she was taking her whatever 1990s mindset and her evangelical mm -hmm. bullshit, and 
applied it to something that it's not fair because it's, it, well, it's kind of like somebody like reading Thomas Hobbes, who is an authoritarian, right, and supports stable government in the form of monarchy, like the the individual sovereign, and not taking into context the fact that he's writing during the English Civil War, right, right, so, right. Uh, um, Okay, I'm going to ask you a, a question. It's going to sound very dumb. Oh, okay. Were Hobbes, Hobbes and Locke were, were contemporaries, correct? Uh, Hobbes was a little earlier, but okay. same century. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what year Leviathan was was made, but uh, or excuse me, uh, published. printed, published. Yes, thank you. Um, but uh, Locke and his works are print are published. Sorry, uh, later in the 17th century. Okay. I was just curious. And really coming, obviously, to prominence in the 18th century, Age of Enlightenment, blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, so, anyway, if you want to hear more about that, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing you don't. This is uh, our history podcast. Thank you for joining Robert and, Robert and Caitlin's History Philosophy Podcast. <laughs> uh, what other notes do I have in here? Oh, there's a very Does funny... the end justify the means? I don't oh, know. Oh, very pragmatic of you. Thank um, you. Uh, so... Um, there's a very funny gag uh, in the very beginning of The Raven here. We haven't talked about this clip at all. No, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the, the clip is exactly that. It's the reading of The Raven with a few interjections mm-hmm. from Bart being bored in the treehouse. Right. And um, That's where the Sam Simon credit comes in. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said... Um, as they're going through, there are some visual gags that are mm-hmm. really good. And there's also some really good visual representation of, I think, early, mid-19th century in the room. I don't know if you noticed uh, much the of The busts. It. The busts, I noticed yes. the busts. There is a bust of Poe on the bookshelves. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. What I'm thinking of specifically is, so there's a very tall back 19th century looking chair, but at the bottom of the chair, there are... Uh, ball and um, claw and ball. Claw and ball. Uh, uh, those are eighteen. Those those originating in the eighteenth century. Yeah, those are eighteenth yeah. century. So like like that you know it stands to reason that in an old ish house in yeah. the eighteen forties. It's a yeah. It's a easy chair with claw and ball feet. Anyway, uh, so anyway, I just mean like to say that there's a lot in the scenery in the animation as far as like the backdrop and everything that I thought really looked good uh, for the time frame of the actual poem itself. Oh yeah, the room that he's in looks. I mean, it looks like a, a 19th century library to the mm-hmm. to the point where you have the bust over the door. Yeah. How yeah. many of you have busts over your door right now? We don't, but we sure could because we got like a weird shelf over our door. Can we get like a bust of Dolly Parton? <laughs> by which I mean Dolly Parton's bust over the door. <laughs> I mean, I love Dolly. <laughs> I don't know that I want that. Hey, though. y'all, and did you know that at Dollywood, they labeled the parking lots <laughs> by A, B, C, D, you know, um, alphabetically, but they have like um, uh, little like it's, words it's to pneumon- match them. Pneum- yeah, mnemonics yeah. to remember. So like, what is A? A is Apple. Apple. Uh, B is, I don't remember. Anyway, C was like cotton candy. Yeah, and D and E are joined. And so <laughs> I told Caitlin that D and E stood for Dolly's Enormous Gazungus. <laughs> but it doesn't. It stands for Dolly's Earrings. <laughs> I forgot that's what it stood for. B is Butterfly. That's what that's it was. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway... Um, they make it. They make it all the way through the telling of the story, uh, or excuse me, the, the reciting of the poem. Homer's voice is the narr- is not the narrative voice, but it's the it's the voice of the narrator in the story. Yeah, and um, it's not James Earl Jones who is the narrator. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, it, it is. is. Yes, yes, it yes. is. Uh, he was also the voice of Sirik. Or what's yeah, you, you said Sirik. Sirik the preparer. the preparer. I didn't say yeah. that earlier. That's James Earl Jones. And yeah. then the narrator for The Raven is James Earl Jones as well. Yeah. But like James Earl, Earl, James Earl Jones's voice as we know it. Yeah. 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 Um, and so uh, as it's wrapping up, um, Bart at the very end in a very Bart way, tells Lisa that that wasn't scary. And she's like, well, maybe it was scary for 1841 or the year that she says. 1845. 1845. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, yeah, sort of like the original Friday the 13th is not scary right now. Uh, yeah, compared to like now. Yeah. I looked. I, I'm, I have it up right now. I'm looking at IMDb. Uh, Friday the 13th released in 1980. 
80. So okay. it was only 10 years old. So it was fresh. Yeah. However, fresher. if we, you know, we all know that Bart is 10 years old. So as far as he knows, this movie has always been around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, oh, so we don't finish with the end of this clip. So are you done with the Raven clip? Are you finished talking about it? Sure. Okay. Do you have anything else to say? Well, I mean, it's just the yeah. recitation of the poem over uh-huh. like Homer running around. I did laugh because as he's sitting in that chair, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the the book he's reading is the volume of lore or forgotten lore, <laughs> volume two. Oh, I didn't say this. I was I started to say it. There's a really great gag in the very beginning, and you see it throughout. Um, Lenore is of oh, course yes, Marge, Marge, and it's a very tall portrait, and it's so tall. Her hair is so tall that there's a little tiny portrait, portrait up at the very top. Funny. <laughs> I'm I like sure it. it's got bows all over. Yes. It's very funny. I am sure that we will put a picture of that up on the Instagram post. Um, yeah. So you can take a look at it as well. Um, so moving on from the end of this short, then uh, the kids all agree that that wasn't very scary. But Homer, who has been listening to all three of these stories, is he's, shivering. He's sitting outside of the treehouse and uh-huh. he's, he is quaking. Yeah. Quaking in his boots. That's right. And we then cut to... All the kids going to sleep. Maggie's asleep. Lisa's asleep. Dreaming peacefully. Bart's asleep peacefully. And then Homer's in the bed with his covers pulled up to his chin. And Marge reaches over to turn out the lights. He doesn't want her to do it. And she goes, oh, come on. They're just children's stories. Uh-huh. And you, you know what I thought about in this? I don't think so. You probably don't. <laughs> but I don't I, think I do. Uh, uh, you are familiar with it. I thought about this in parallel to the first Simpsons short. Yes. Cause you and see their eyes. Yeah. You see uh, Homer's eyes, especially cause Every, they're like darting around, well, like looking for stuff. I just mean that everything is opposite in it. So in the, in, in the, in the first Simpsons short, and which by the way, we have done an episode on a bonus episode, go back and listen to mm-hmm. it. If you haven't, uh, at the end, Homer who has intended Marge and Homer who have intended to peacefully put the children to sleep, go into their bed, uh, thinking they, you know, Homer says, we're the best parents on the world. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the kids are all terrified. Right. Well, it's in, the opposite. In this one, the kids weren't intending to scare Homer, but they did. Well, yeah, they didn't know he was there. And now they're all asleep peacefully right. in bed and he's terrified. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, I didn't even notice. You, you said, does, do they turn out the lights and you see his eyes? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice You can see that. Marge's eyes too. I think I was uh, writing you down. You must have been writing something down. Yeah. yeah, I was writing down this note. This versus the first old and short. <laughs> yes. And that's the end of the first Treehouse Tree of, of Horror. Horror. And uh, I'll ask you first. Tell me what you think. I liked it. Um, there's a lot of mouth noise there. Sorry. I was thinking. Uh-huh. I liked it. Uh-huh. It was fine. Oh. Um. Yeah. This is my favorite Treehouse of is Horror. It? Yeah. With, okay. uh, without a doubt. Whenever I think about Treehouse of Horror, I think about this. And whenever I stray from these uh, mm-hmm. In particular stories, the ones that the only the other one that really comes to mind ever is the monkey's paw, which will be in later seasons. Okay. Uh, uh, I I think that these stories are funny. I have a natural affinity, as I talked about for about twenty minutes to Edgar Allan Poe. Anyway, yeah. um, I I think the Raven is one of these things is not like the other. Okay. Yeah. Um. Th- it was my least favorite of the three. Uh, <laughs> I'll buy that. Okay. Um, I, 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 uh, the King and Kodos was my favorite. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think I have been around you and our friends for so long in the Treehouse uh-huh. of horrors have been so hyped and amplified <laughs> That I was expecting a bit more. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I mean, I liked it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was fine. I, the, the Raven, the, the reason I say that is because it was really just a recitation of the poem. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated the visuals that went along with that. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, I think the uh, so if, if I am to offer a critique of the Raven, uh, for me, it's that Homer's voice uh, and in the telling of the in, in reciting the poem, his part of the poem uh-huh. uh, becomes muddled, and yeah. I and I couldn't really understand. It's him. very fast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you don't, you, it, it is, it's hard to pick up if it's, especially if you're not familiar with it. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy the Bart interjection of nevermore. Uh-huh. And you know, when he was like, eat my shorts. I don't, at the think, beginning. We, I don't think we actually said this, that Bart was the Raven. It was Bart very clear is the that Bart Raven. is the Raven. Now, am I going to run out and get a tattoo of Bart as a Raven on myself? No. No, no. Which I've seen a lot of, like in the various Facebook groups that we're in. Uh-huh. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's a good episode. Uh-huh. I, I, I tend to stray away from like really weird sci-fi and fantasy and whatnot. I like horror Uh and I like, like, uh, Hitchcock and like whatnot suspense and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I don't know. I just kind (laughs) of wished it was a regular episode. (laughs) I I know that's going to not be a popular opinion with a lot of people, but that's kind of how I felt. Well, I mean, sorry, everybody. It, <laughs> I don't think you have to apologize for uh, for what you think. I think that here in you know in this moment, like there are a lot of people that grew up with these episodes. And well, yeah, and that, I and I didn't, and like this is really the first time I'm sitting down and watching it, and uh-huh. like holding. When you compare this episode to something like monorail or uh, well like later stuff right i just i i, uh, I don't know i it's just it was not as enjoyable to me as some of those other episodes are uh-huh if that makes sense um that makes sense okay i i don't think that i i, I, I certainly would not compare this to bart on the road your no favorite, your number one episode it's not my num- that's not my number one episode that's not your number one I don't What's think your so. one? I really like Great School Confidential. Oh, <laughs> is it is it Great School Confidential? We 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 talked about this before about what the actual name of that episode is. I it's, think we went from it's Springfield, Springfield Confidential, Springfield Elementary Confidential, Great School, School Confidential. Confidential. I think yeah. Great School Confidential. Anyway, I like that episode a lot. Uh huh. I tend to like the ancillary characters a lot. Yeah, you know and. I, I don't know, like the. So I'm the type of person that, like, when anything jolts my routine, <laughs> I get, I get a little bit. I, I you know this. I, uh, yes, I, I, do. I have, I have some problems. Oh and well. I feel like that this non-canon episode jolted my routine and uh, therefore oh, oh. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Just show me my show of the characters behaving like I like them to behave. Oh, not a bird sitting on a bus. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, but the, taken in and of itself, it's a fine episode. Uh huh. I, I I don't know. Like maybe. I, well, you know, first l- let me say that I think that if you take and I haven't seen any of the other ones. Right. Uh. So hang on. You okay. Know, not, I'm, I'm not asking you to defend trying yourself. To, I'm trying to like, <laughs> not have a fight later. No, I'm kidding. We would have a fight about this. Uh, we would not fight about this. No. Uh. <laughs> uh no. What I'm what I'm gonna say is that like, uh, first. Uh, on on the topic of favorite episode, like I think that if you ask any Simpsons fan what their favorite episode is, if they have an understanding of the of the series, right? Mm-hmm. If they have a genuine, let's just say, so like for me and you, Caitlin and I like to ride roller coasters, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we have said before, uh, this was a while ago, but I don't know if you remember. If you've ridden more than 10 roller coasters or 20 roller coasters, then you have an understanding of different kinds of roller coasters. Mm -hmm. So if you've seen more and you know more than 20 episodes of The Simpsons, I think that you would be surprised if you asked somebody who fits that category what their favorite episode is with the answer, right? Mm -hmm. Like if somebody were to walk up to me and they were to say, what's your favorite episode? I would say 22 shorts. And I but think, then, but if somebody said, "What's your favorite Treehouse of Horror?" You would say this one. Oh, I would definitely say this one. I feel yeah. like I feel like Treehouse of Horror episodes are a completely separate category, mm. and maybe that's just because of the way we've treated them in our social circles for the past however many years. Yeah. Um, is this anybody's favorite episode? 
I am genuinely curious. Like, is does anybody say Treehouse of Horror, the original, is my favorite episode of The Simpsons? I don't know. If uh, anybody feels that way, let us know and tell us why. Yeah, let us know. Hey, and you know what? Not only Treehouse of Horror number one, uh, or any of the Treehouse of Horrors, your favorite Simpsons episode. Right. So, yeah. and and I would, I will, I'm going to go ahead and say right now, even though we're only three episodes into the season, oh. I would give us a one in our binary, oh. <laughs> our binary sorting system. I forgot we did binary. I was like, shit, that's, that's, oh, no, <laughs> that's no, no. Rough. One being good, zero yeah, being yeah, yeah, yeah. like, meh. Yeah, yeah. I'd give it a one. Okay. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to like crap my pants over it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think you feel a little more put on the spot than you need to in this moment. Uh, well, I, I, I just like it. I, I don't want to use the word overhyped, but uh-huh. I feel like the Treehouse of horror episodes are hyped a lot. Yeah. And I don't know that it lived up to that for me. Well, uh, something to consider perhaps, perhaps is that horror is, the number one movie genre. Uh, and and this is just a Simpsons version of yeah. horror. Right? And I get yeah. it. It's a special. It's a not supposed to be like everything's uh-huh. hunky-dory and whatever. It's a Halloween special. I right. get that. It was fine. <laughs> that's that's all I got to say. I'm like, it was fine. Okay. That's all. Okay, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just saying, I feel like I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this just because I feel like people do love these episodes uh-huh. so much. Right. But it was fine. And I, I, I wonder... So if you want to call Caitlin directly on her cell phone, Shut here's up. her number. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, she lives at one, two, three, fake street. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm having a, a, a call of the Simpsons moment. Where I'm like pooping oh, all over Travis this thing. Oh, you know Travis is gonna shit his pants about this. I know. Sorry, I'm sorry, Travis. I'm sorry, but now I don't have any context to work from. Right. That's the, that's, so that's, that's the idea, right? I need to like keep going with these Treehouse of Horror episodes uh-huh. to be like, okay, yeah, that's the best one. And look, it's only I am gonna not be... gonna say that this is the best Simpsons episode. I'm oh. sorry, I'm not going to. <laughs> and if think... if anybody out there thinks that, that's fine. But I don't, I didn't, I wasn't like crapping my pants over it. <laughs> uh, That's all. Oh, and she closed the laptop. Oh, I mean, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Robert. It's your uh, favorite. Say something. Uh, okay. I think that, um, okay. I will say this. Um, this is my, I think, not I think, this is my favorite uh, Treehouse of Horror episode. And the reason it's my favorite is because of, uh, uh, is because, of, I, you know what I was going to say? Heck house. Uh, is because of Bad Dream House. Uh, I really just like it. That's all. Okay. Um, I don't think that any of these are particularly compelling outside of the actual poem of The Raven. Um, but, uh, you know. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> yeah, and I, and like I did have like some laugh out loud moments, but uh, that tractor beam joke is pretty fucking that good. That is funny. That's a good one. The uh-huh. the the dust on the book <laughs> is also a good one. Yes. Um. This but, is so. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, I should say that the the joke about blowing the dust off the book is an example of what the Simpsons will start to do later on in the series, where they take a joke that is funny and they and keep going yes and they they put layers on top of that joke that just make that original joke so much better yeah uh the example that has been used by real gems before is when bart sells his soul and he's trying to ride his bike across town and it gets ridden over by the street cleaner and it pops out in perfect condition (laughs) and uh i I would say the escalator to nowhere is another episode or another instance of that because you have the one guy falling (laughs) off but then you have like Three more guys falling off, and well, that last guy, there's just like a beat extra before he goes over. Oh yeah. yeah. So you may you may mention in the last recording, maybe. Oh no no, the bar, jumping Bart. You did say this. You said uh, that they do a really great job at making something last just a little bit well, too. It's long. a little too long, but it makes uh-huh. it funnier. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, uh, we got a lot of traction out of that. Oh, my goodness. It's an hour and five. Look uh, at us. Well. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, it's basically three mini episodes in one. Uh-huh. Yep. So that'll that'll uh, set the path for the upcoming uh, Treehouse of Horror, which I know that you are really looking I forward to. I can't wait. <laughs> hey, good it's news. It's also been a long day, everybody. So I'm like, we extra only tired. we only have to wait like six months to watch the next one because it'll be oh in boy, the next season. season three. <laughs> That's right. But we're just going to keep on trucking. So yep. that being said, that'll conclude our uh, discussion about the Treehouse of Horror season three. Excuse me, season two, episode. Three, um, we are going to, of course, post this onto our host site, which is Podbean.com. Uh, it will be available throughout wherever you get your podcast. I'm assuming you know that because you are listening to this wherever you get your podcast. But make sure that you follow us on our social media as well. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Escalators to Nowhere Pod, and on Twitter at Esk. That's E S C to Nowhere Pod. Uh, you can also reach out and send us an email. Tell us why Caitlin is wrong. <laughs> I'm ready, Travis. Bring it. Uh, uh, you can send us an email at Escalators to Nowhere Pod at gmail.com. Uh, in the... I think nostalgia is playing a big role here. Uh, uh, I'm just going to... That's my final word. I don't doubt that. And I, I said it. I, I, I would agree with that. Nostalgia is a huge part of... Uh, I think a lot of Simpsons fandom, yeah. um, as, uh, as mentioned earlier, you know, so many of us grew up with these episodes. So that's part of the reason why we love them mm-hmm. and why we love talk boys and <laughs> <laughs> why we love Fraggle Rock, uh, and Salutra shorts. Oh, and let's not forget, are you afraid of the dark? Which when they showed them yeah. again, we all realized we're really not all that great. Right. <laughs> so anyways, that's not to suggest that uh, The Simpsons is not great, but uh, we have a new episode coming up next week. Season two, episode number four. Two cars on every garage and three eyes on every fish. So we're going to have the introduction Blinky. to someone else from the puzzle. Yeah. So uh, make sure that you are uh, subs- hitting that subscribe button. That's the word I'm looking for so that you will uh, be here with us when we do so. Also, be aware that we are marching through the entirety of the Simpsons shorts from the Tracy Ullman show. Uh, we have done numbers one, two, and three thus far. So we will be picking up a number four very soon. Thank you so much for joining us. If you would please do us a kindness and make sure that you're rating us the, t- the highest rating wherever you get your podcast. And uh, we also ask, if you enjoyed this episode, do us a big, big favor and tell a friend. Your word of mouth goes farther than all of the posts that I or Caitlin could put together combined. So, that being said, we're looking forward to next time with two cars in every garage and three Three eyes eyes on on every every fish. fish. Until then, I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. I'm Caitlin, sorry. And I am a season. <laughs> I was leaning over. Oh, and I am a season Simpsons fan. And I'm an idiot and oh, still learning. Stop! That's not true. Uh, we, you know, I think as we move farther on into this, we're just going to find things where we disagree. Yep. And at the end of the day, we'll just have to agree to th- disagree that I'm right. Oh. <laughs> uh huh. I'm kidding. Remember, remember what we said. Homer loves Marge and Marge loves Homer. And, and I, I love, love you. you. Oh, thank Aww. you. Oh, that's the first time you've said it back. Oh, oh. I was starting to wonder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, until next time, y'all, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you with season two, episode number four. Smell you later. Bye. Bye.